0: What's up, this is Shaq Bird, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks? and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast, and this is the 217th episode. Today, we're talking about our favorite values at each position. We're going to be starting through QB, going all the way through tight end, and at the end, we'll name our favorite value in all of land. But joining me today to break this all down is one of the biggest names on the fantasy planet. He has over half a million social media followers. He is one of the faces of NFL Network and is known simply as your favorite fantasy analyst, favorite analyst. He's a man, a Bears fan that should need no introduction, the one and only Adam Rank. Welcome to the show. Alex, thank you so much. I love that you say I need no introduction and then you spend some time giving
1: me one because I feel like that's the kind of deference and respect that I need. Um, it's, it's great to be on. And so uh, I'm. I know that we've... We've tried to uh, connect in the past and uh, I don't want to, I'll tell everybody right now, I, I bumped you for Jim Rome last week, uh, I, I, but I'm straight up with it. I'm like, uh, hey. I'm sorry, Alex. And it's, um, it's the only time I get to do the Jim Rome show is when the Sklar brothers are hosting. So uh,
0: I had to go and take advantage of that. And, uh, but it's great to be on with you. Completely. He is always worth the bump. There's always more time to talk fantasy football, especially <laughs> as we get closer today. We hit the 50-day mark before the Ooh. season. But as I said today, we're talking about our favorite values. Adam, we'll start with you as the guest. We'll start at QB. Who is your favorite quarterback value in fantasy football right now? Well, if you
1: would have asked me this in June or even a little bit earlier, it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. And I, I I felt really good about that. But unfortunately, the, the secret's out. You know, It's like one of those things. It's like that scene in Independence Day when the aliens realize they're hiding in the bunker at area 51 and you're like, well, we got to adjust course. So I think that the guy that I'm really going with is Daniel Jones. And I think that he's got a real opportunity because of the baseline that he gives you with his rushing. I know that there was some kid out there today who said he was the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. I'm like, okay, now you're being ridiculous. (laughs) But at the same time, like he does, he's athletic. I I really do believe that his touchdown passes are going to go up. It can't help, but go up. And I think he's really good. And by the way, this is also based on four points for passing touchdowns, no bonuses for passing. I think, and if you don't mind me filibustering a little bit, Alex, I know that you said sure. like, this will be 35 minutes. And I I laughed. I go, there's no way. I'm not, I'm not doing this show in 35 minutes. I got too much to tell the people, but this is one of the things that I feel like us as analysts, we need to do a better job of explaining of like, make sure that you study the scoring of your, own personal fantasy league because in my league of record in my second city league quarterback scoring is so heavily weighted for the passing quarterbacks six points for passing touchdowns bonus points for yardage when you get to 300 400 500 oh, wow. based on based on standard scoring which is considered standard four points for passing touchdown no bonuses daniel jones otherwise if you do like if your leagues are more skewed to the passing guys i actually like the guy that you're going to bring up right now
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, Daniel Jones is really good. Actually, real quick before we can move on, let me ask real quick. So outside mm-hmm. of Darren Waller, he's obviously the big add to this Giants receiving core. Who, what wide receiver do you think will be the biggest star in fantasy football if Daniel Jones has a really great season this year? Uh, oh, what's the rookie? Gosh, um, the kid they drafted.
1: Jalen Hyatt? Yes, the Tennessee guy. Um, yeah. I really liked him. I thought that, you know, as somebody who roots for the Chicago bears, looking at some of the, I knew we weren't going to take, I was hoping that the bears were going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, but Jalen Hyatt was a guy that I was kind of identifying in that class where you had like rice and uh, tank Dell. And uh, I, I like Tyler Scott who ended up with Chicago, but I really like Jalen Wyatt's game. And I think that he's got a really good opportunity. I don't think there's, you know, there's not many people blocking him and his pathway. I remember when I was doing my state of the franchise feature, For the NFL, I was like, I'm looking at their, I'm like the wide receiver room still, I mean, we need Waller to come through. And this is the thing too, with them screwing around with the holdout with Saquon Barkley, like he is your number one pass catcher. Like you got to get him in pay. He deserves the money. (laughs) Get him in there.
0: Seriously, absolutely got to give him the money. Another guy that might get some more money after this season with a big new extension would be Daniel Jones. I mean, sorry, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins going as the quarterback 13 right now. He finishes the quarterback six last year, but the biggest thing is the fact that he has been the quarterback 13 or better in seven of the last eight years. It's exactly where he's going right now. He has three top six finishes in those eight years. They also added Jordan Addison in the first round. They're going to have a full year of TJ Hawkinson, and they got rid of their best running back in Dalvin Cook. The Vikings have also been top 10 in pass attempts in back-to-back years. Kirk Cousins is the third best completion percentage in the NFL since he got traded to Minnesota. But one of the biggest things that's not being talked about enough for fantasy football is the fact that the Vikings actually just lost four of their top five cornerbacks this past year in the offseason. They didn't do much to add it. They also lost their best linebacker in Eric Kendrick. So I expect Mm -hmm. this to be – one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and I think that Kirk Cousins could set his career high in pass attempts this year, which would mean a very good fantasy football finish. What do you think Kirk's ceiling this year is if everything goes right in these standard-type leagues without the six-point-for-passing touchdown? Yeah, even in standard leagues, I really like
1: the opportunity for production for him for all the reasons that you laid out there, and I think that Viking fans don't want to talk about this, but your team was very fortunate last season Winning a lot of one-score games, and I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that it's a fluke or it's luck, but there will be a little bit of regression. You weren't as good as people made you out to be, and I think that if you look at what happened with the Chicago Bears last season where they played in all those games, especially during the, the, the prime Justin Fields games of like losing 43 to 40 games. Minnesota is going to be in a lot of those contests this season. So and it's also one of the reasons why, and I'm not going to mention Jordan Addison as my, one of my draft values at wide receiver, but I would say that Jordan Addison is somebody that you need to also target because he is going to get a lot of opportunity
0: just because the Vikings are going to be trailing in so many, or just going to be in high scoring games. Well, especially because I mean he's going to take over that role right away. Adam Thielen last year was second in the NFL in routes run behind only Justin Jefferson on the field yeah. as much as anybody. If he sees anywhere near, you know, a 15 to 20% target share. I think that he is a lock to be at least a flex option, if not better, in fantasy football. But what about running backs right now? Who is the guy for you that you see at the running back position? You're like, how is this guy not going a lot higher in drafts right now? Well, I like David A.
1: Chain down in uh the rookie for the Miami Dolphins that I look at that situation and Obviously, with Mike McDaniel, he brings in a lot of familiarity, a lot of former 49ers running backs who, and I I hate to throw around the word injury-prone and everything like that, but have had some trouble staying on the field. But I think A-Chain, when I watch him, he is a three-down back who can do everything, which is exactly what this offense calls for. If you look at what Christian McCaffrey was able to do last year with the San Francisco 49ers when he took over, when he he arrived in Santa Clara, he becomes otherworldly once again, because they use him in all aspects of the game. And I'm not saying that a chain is like better, like a better runner than, you know, Bijan Robinson or anything like that. But when it comes down to opportunity, I think he has a real chance to shine. And I think even with Tyree kill there and Jalen Waddle, you know, we saw last year with McCaffrey, even though they had Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon, Ayuk was playing really well, like McCaffrey still shown. And at the base, of this Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan offense, the Sean McVay, that tree that started in Washington, D.C. with Mike Shanahan, it all comes down to the running backs. And I think that if you look at what Freddie Morris was able to do in his first year, his rookie season with the Washington, I don't even know how to refer to them anymore. But when Freddie Morris was a rookie, like you saw how he was able to come in and just quickly pick up the system. I don't know that he's going to have that kind of production, but I think it's a very similar type situation. So I've been dying to get him. I just got snaked in the Scott Fishbowl. I thought I was getting him. And uh, he was taking the pick right before me. Uh, Oh man, such a bummer. Like, oh, that's the
0: one guy that I really love drafting this season. Completely. I I missed him two picks before me. He slid really late in our draft. And I think that I missed him by just two picks. I really thought that just like you, I was going to be able to get him. But I do worry a little bit of just how long it'll take for him to take over the backfield. But again, if... Raheem Mostert has not shown an ability to stay healthy over his career, and neither has Jeff Wilson. If Dalvin Cook stays away, which is like the only thing that could cause trouble in this, I think that will end up being a really big value. But to me, the biggest value at running back arguably right now is Joe Mixon. I mean, according to Scott Barrett, he was second in expected fantasy points per game last year. The other running backs in the top five were Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley. Joe Mixon, also in four straight years where he played at least half the season, finished as the running back 13 or better. The only running backs behind him have less than 100 combined touches and then a fifth-round rookie in Chase Brown. He was mm-hmm. also targeted at the sixth-highest rate. The running backs above him were Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, and then he sees more work than almost any running back in the red zone. He was seventh in red zone touches. So while Joe Mixon is not as efficient as he used to be and things will look a little bit ugly, and I know that people go back all the time, to the fact that he had a five-touchdown game that inflated him, no yeah. matter what, he was second in expected fantasy points per game last year. And I think that as long as he keeps this role in this offense with without Samaj P. Ryan, I don't think he's going to do was I was just going to ask because Samaj P. Ryan now is in Denver, yep. and he's
1: going in a situation with Javante Williams, who is expected to be back. I know that Sean Payton expects him to be ready for training camp, but the hope is that he's not going to start on the pup list what do you think about Samaj A. p Ryan this season? Because I, I don't know. I kind of like – I sort of like him in Denver.
0: Uh, I, I wish we could agree here. I just can't. I mean, like he's him. going in the, the mid-running back 30s right now. I mean, he's played six years, and his best finish was this past year at running back 34. Mm-hmm. And the biggest the problem I have with him is that I just don't see him continuing to get enough work when Javante Williams comes back. I mean, yeah. Samaj p Ryan last year in 95 carries had just one go for over 15 yards. And that really scares me for a guy that's not explosive and is playing in his seventh season now. I mean, do you why, why do you why are you more optimistic? I mean, please show me the other side. No, the only reason is the
1: value of it. It's yep. you know, I'm I'm walking into Ross dress for less, and this former you know this Armani suit's been marked down to twenty bucks, and you're like, okay, maybe I'll go. I, it might not be my size, but I think for the first couple of weeks, he is yeah. going to be the guy. And sometimes, you know, especially when you get to the end of the drafts, I kind of get really short-sighted with you know what like he's probably going to end up starting the first couple of weeks and i think an offense is going to be pretty good i think they're going to be i think they're going to be better they're just going to be better with sean payton i think they're going to have to run the football and so if i'm in those middle rounds like as you said he's coming off the board as the running back 30 if i'm putting him on my roster as somebody that i can hold on for a couple of weeks it's almost in a in a sense a zero rb thing of like i don't expect this guy to be my finisher and at some point and at some point I'm picking up somebody who's, I'm going to end up dropping him. And I understand that. But I think for the first couple of weeks, like could be a valuable little piece. And I think it's kind of like putting together a bullpen of like, this guy is my specialist. He's coming in and he's just kind of like my specialist for the first four weeks of the season. And, you know, I think that it's good to do that. I, I think sometimes that we get so locked into like, who's going to be got a guy who finishes at the yeah. end of the year. Don't be afraid of some people who are going to start off well, have a job to begin. And I, I, eventually Javante Williams will be the person or will be the player. But I do just like the opportunity. I mean, there's nothing about him. Like I, I still go back to the Super Bowl. Like the final play of the game for the Bengals was a pass to, to Samaj Perine. Ryan. Why is he on the field <laughs> when you're trying to win yeah. a game? Like I, I get it. Like I understand where this is coming from. And again, this isn't like, I want to build my team around. But as a player, like think of all the dog ass players that you draft from the twelfth round on, why not pick up a guy that you think could be the starting running back for at least a couple of weeks in what should be a better offense?
0: So the hope for you more than anything is just that he plays this long reliever role where you know he can play half yeah. the season for some, you as a production. Yeah. Seriously, hopefully he can eat some innings. But that, that that's a really good point is because it's not all about who's gonna finish. I mean, if he can give you a solid six to eight weeks at the beginning, if Javante misses yeah. some time. Again, he will definitely be a value. But a wide receiver, who's that person for you? Maybe, maybe not the finish. Is there a long reliever or someone over the course of the whole season that you can't stop looking at right now in drafts? I don't know if this is too banal, if this is too obvious. But for whatever
1: reason, I really have to talk people into Garrett Wilson, who uh-huh. last season, when Garrett Wilson was playing wide receiver, without Zach Wilson, he averaged close to 18 fantasy points per game, which would have made him the wide receiver nine. And to me, I think that they've upgraded at quarterback. I've lived my life as somebody who's been tormented by Aaron Rodgers. People telling me that Aaron Rodgers, perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time. But now that he's gone to the Jets, everybody thinks he sucks. Like, guy's terrible. Like, he's not good anymore? Like, what? What happened? They're like, nah, like, it's different now that he's gone. I'm like, you guys are driving me insane. Aaron Rodgers was okay last year. You know, but he was playing with a broken thumb, whether you want to believe it or not. He had some other injuries that he was dealing with, and he just hates the Packers. Now he's going to a situation where he's rejuvenated. We saw how petty he can be when they drafted Jordan Love. Remember, like the year they drafted Jordan Love, people were convinced that Aaron Rodgers was already done. And he comes out and he puts up back-to-back MVP seasons. And now you mean to tell me he's not going to go to New York? and do something similar to what we've seen with other quarterbacks in recent years now obviously Russell Wilson is the outlier to me because Matthew Stafford Tom Brady Peyton Manning all these guys went to other places and won championships and so now and this is a, an overarching thing I'm going to I'm going to bleed into real football too because I think the Jets are going to be very good people are like the jet why the jet I'm like they were 6 and 3 last year with Mike White as their quarterback they Have a great defense, and you don't think that Aaron Rodgers makes them a little better? Like I have to explain. Why am I explaining this? But I really do believe that he's going to have, and even though he has Alan Lazard there, and he's bringing in a lot of his buddies like Randall Cobb, he still focuses on the most talented wide receiver on the team. Like he loves Randall Cobb, and they're boys. Devontae Adams still ain't. And I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson's going to go out there and have a Devontae Adams type season, but I think that it could be similar to what happened with Cooper Cup when Matthew Stafford arrived was that we had a really good wide receiver who ended up being a guy who was unbelievable. And so for me, when I'm looking at this and I, I know this is kind of a trial, I debated on whether to use Garrett Wilson or not, because it seems chalky, but like if you're in one of these drafts where you get Tyreek Hill or you get Stephon Diggs, Cooper cup in the first round. If I'm sitting in the second round and Garrett Wilson falls to me, I think that I've just won the league. Like I think I'm walking it off. I'm going to auto pick the rest of it. I'm going to go have a margarita or a, or a latte, whatever it is, whatever you whatever you fancy. I love that. And I feel terrible that I have to come in and stump for a guy who should need no explanation at all, Alex. And I'm sick of doing it. And I'm sick of talking nice about Aaron Rodgers.
0: We, we saw the same movie three years ago. I mean, when Tom Brady went to the bucks, I mean, the bucks had the lowest winning percentage among any team in the four major sports. That's 120 teams. And the bucks were dead last. And everyone's like, well, it's the bucks. Like, like, how is he going to elevate them? And look what happened. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the same thing as the Jets. Well, the Jets are really bad. I mean, then, then you saw what Tom Brady was able to do with the Bucs. I think something similar with Aaron Rodgers from a football perspective. You mentioned that Garrett Wilson was the wide receiver nine last year in those games with those Zach Wilson. And people forget that he was a rookie. You
1: know, yeah. That's better. It.
0: I mean, now he gets a quarterback upgrade, and he was already a wide receiver one as a rookie. That's I mean, it's, true. it's it's completely ridiculous. The guy for me that was also a rookie last year that I think is going to explode in his second year, Christian Watson, who put himself in some elite company at the wide receiver position last year. Over the second half of last season, he was third in fantasy points behind only sorry, fourth in fantasy points behind only Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and CeeDee Lamb. But the most important stat I will give here is the fact that he led the entire NFL in fantasy points per route. And every other wide receiver in the top 10 of that stat is being drafted right now as the wide receiver 11 or better. He was also one of nine rookies to ever put up 2.25 plus yards per route run in a season. The other seven to do it all finished as top seven wide receivers in points per game in their second year. Adam, I know this is not what you want to hear as someone who does not enjoy the Packers, but Chris Olave, Christian Watson joined that company. Every other player was a top seven wide receiver in year two. I don't know how much I believe in Jordan Love, but to me that is just too many elite buckets to fall into for me not to draft him at the wide receiver 21 right now. Uh, Sure. He's green base. <laughs> He's green base
1: Gabe Davis. Stop it. Um. Now, I I do. You know what the the unfortunate part of this is that Christian Watson is a delightful human being. That really, oh, really bothers he. It bothers me. Him and Romeo Dubs, both of them could not be nicer. I met them at the NFL rookie premiere sponsored by Panini two years ago, and I'm like, I hate that I like both of you. And then I met up and I and I walked up to Velas Jones, and I'm like, if Velas Jones is not a cool person, I'm gonna be beside myself. But Valus is also a wonderful human being. But they're great players and I, great talents. I really wanted Kristen Watson to come to the Bears when he was a rookie, so I, I can't really say too many negative things about him. But as you said, I'm curious to see what happens with Jordan Love. I, I liked him coming out of Utah State. I thought he had some ability. It did kind of puzzle me why he wasn't the Mountain West player of the year. He wasn't, he, was, he was the third team Mountain West quarterback during his final season at Utah State. And I'm like, the Mountain West was so good. They had two quarterbacks better than Jordan Love, but I've always I've always thought that he's had some pretty good talent. The only thing that uh it doesn't con- it doesn't concern me because I hope Green Bay's terrible. But Aaron Rodgers in his first season with the Green Bay Packers taking over a turnkey offense that was already established and good. The Packers didn't make the playoffs during his rookie year. And I go I know this is again bleeding into real football. I just feel the one thing that worries me about the Packers and the pass catchers is that their defense is pretty good. They have what nine first round picks Playing defense. They've done a really nice job of roster building that I think it's overlooked. So I think that they could be in some closer contest where they're leaning more on the run, which is kind of why I've been steering more towards AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in a lot of drafts. I hope for anybody who's actually I don't. I, it's always weird to say that. Like I don't hope that Christian Watson does well, but I think he is going to be a good player. I think where you're drafting him is good, but uh, I just can't. I I just spent so much time talking well about Aaron Rodgers. It's it's too much for my disposition to be talking about Christian Watson. Although I do I I have been drafting him. So I can't I can't totally deny it.
0: I think the perfect way that this would all go is that Christian Watson ends up as like the fantasy wide receiver one overall and the Packers go maybe three and fourteen. I mean that would be ideal where Aaron Jones and you know Christian Watson see every touch but then they don't end up very good. Obviously well, it's not really we, how the NFL we,
1: works. We need them to win about six games, so they're not in the Caleb
0: Williams Derby. Okay. Oh, okay. See. So, okay. Non, no Caleb Williams Derby. Yeah. But still terrible. Christian
1: Watson. That's that's my biggest fear. My okay. my biggest fear is that the Packers finish two and fourteen. What a what a <laughs> god! I hate the seventeen games. Two and fifteen. It's about time for my annual tweet where I'm like, I think I tweeted this during the schedule release. I'm like, do we still do the seventeen games? Because that's stupid. And then I got a call from our newsroom. It's like, uh, hey Adam, can you uh, take down that tweet, please? Like, uh, they we don't appreciate that. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, the worst case scenario is the Packers getting Caleb Williams or the other guy. Yeah, definitely, I'm not. A, I'm a West Coast guy, so I, Caleb Williams is number one to me. Although I know there's another player out there. Daniel Jeremiah would know who
0: it is. I don't, you know. Yeah, seriously, Drake May or Caleb Williams probably do not want them on the Packers either. I do not want to see the Packers win. That's who it Bowl. is. Yeah. And that would be pretty tragic. But what about what's moving to tight end? I know tight end is a tougher position. It is the one every year where every guy from tight end six to tight end 20 is labeled as a breakout candidate somewhere in the fantasy football world. But who is that person for you that you think kind of actually break the mold into maybe a top five or six tight end this year? Well, I'm going to throw out
1: one name that I sort of believe in. I'm interested to see what Greg Dolchitz does with the with the Denver Broncos. I know Albert O. was everybody's pick-to-click last year, and it didn't work out. And when Dolchitz came in, his first game caught a touchdown. And then in about, I think it was like five of his next eight games, he did miss. He missed the first five games. He missed the last two games. He was getting a lot of targets. He had five-plus targets in, I think, six games. He had eight eight or more targets in four of those games. So he was being targeted pretty heavily, but the one guy that I just love that, and I know it's a rookie, but Dalton Kincaid is a player that I just feel I need to have on my fantasy teams, because I know this is a tough, tough label to put on somebody, but when you watch Dalton Kincaid at Utah, you could not help, but think that you were watching the college version of Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's exactly what he is. And he comes into Buffalo, and this is no disrespect to Dawson Knox. He comes into Do- Buffalo as their slot receiver. He's going to qualify at tight end, but he's legitimately their slot receiver. And I love that he was, what, he had eight-plus touchdowns every season that he played. He led the FBS in first-down receptions. I think he had 49 last season. He's wow. an unbelievable player. He's an unbelievable talent. And we saw it two years ago. Even though Kyle Pitts disappointed you last year, Kyle Pitts still had a thousand receiving yards as a rookie. Dalton Kincaid to me is somebody who could easily do that as well, especially with the Buffalo offense. So it's it's irrational because tight end is probably the tough outside of quarterback. It's a really tough position for rookies to master because you're asked to do so much. You're asked to block, and you're asked to, you know, you're asked to block like a lineman, but you're also asked to run routes like a wide receiver. The Only thing is is Buffalo's not gonna ask him to block because he got the Dawson there. So he'll just rerunning routes, they're gonna throw him in the slot, or they'll even split him out wide sometimes when you kick in Stefan Diggs into the slot and then just go. He's just gonna go. And I love it. And I I again in the Scott Fishbowl, another guy that I got snaked on. I gotta stop talking about so the, this player. There's the
0: whole list, everybody from uh the Scott Fishbowl, the, the the one pick draft in front of me, all first team in the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty, a pretty much beat. What Do you think is the percent chance this year, one to a hundred, that Dalton Kincaid ends up as the second leading target getter on the Bills? Oh my gosh. I think it's pretty good. I I I think I put it's a it's a
1: high percentage for me. Like I really and we've seen this more and more as the college offenses have gotten more sophisticated over the years i really do believe that because they don't have a running back that they dump off to no you know like they just they just don't like that would be my one fear with like a lot of these teams like the giants you know if saquon barkley was playing like that's could be their target leader so i think with 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 the way buffalo is constructed it's Stephon Diggs. i think you know they have enough quality pass catchers that it might keep them from really hitting that 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 high echelon ceiling but I still feel confident enough that he's going to get enough opportunity and he can get behind defenders. I think he's going to be a real problem for a lot of teams. So I really do. I'm, I'm going to say 50-50 that he ends up as the number two guy.
0: If he ends up as number two, I think that he's got to be a lock for a top-12 tight end, especially in that offense. It's probably going to score as many touchdowns as almost anybody in the league. For me, player on maybe a decent offense now, the more that it's looking, in Chig Okonkwo. He's going as the tight end 11 yeah. right now. But I think that's going to drop now that Hopkins is there. That's where he was going before DeAndre Hopkins signed. I expect him to drop significantly over the next couple of weeks. And I think that is people's mistake. I mean, he is one of three tight end tight ends since 2011 to be targeted on more than 25% of their routes. The other two to do it were Jimmy Graham and Jordan Reed, who both have top two finishes in fantasy football. He also set the all-time highest mark for yards per route run for rookie tight end for tight ends that ran over 150 routes the other players in the top four are jordan reed mark andrews and kyle pitts who all have finished his top six tight ends he also is playing on this titans team i know deandre hopkins is there but 45 percent of their targets from last season are gone tight ends notoriously don't need to hit 150 targets to be really productive in fantasy football And I think that in his second year, he's going to take another leap. And I think that he's going to be really productive, especially considering of how much his draft cost is going to go down with DeAndre Hopkins there. Yeah, that'll scare off a lot of people, you know, because I like DeAndre
1: Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins throughout the course of his career has been a targets monster. But Chig is like last year was just a phenomenon and everybody was really jumping on board. I'm I'm I am thankful for that reason to drive down the price. We needed something to drive down his draft price DeAndre Hopkins is certainly going to do that. And that's another team that I think that could be in a lot of games where they have to throw the football and they have to figure out ways to score. Their defense had some injuries last year, but I don't think not as injury plagued as a lot of their fans are trying to make it out to be. I'm like, no, your defense is starting to suffer. And the whole point of trading away A.J. Brown, although that general manager was fired, was because you were going to put resources into the defense, which I think now is uh, not a model you want to follow in the NFL. Put the money on the offensive side of the football and figure out a way to make key stops at the end of games, and then you're fine. Uh, Tennessee's got to figure that out. And yeah. so I think that that's that's definitely a guy that I'm looking at, too. When I've missed out on Dalton, uh, I also look for him, but he was also long. This Scott Fishbowl crew is a little too savvy for me.
0: Yeah, I think that, again, yeah, he's going, he went early in a lot of Scott Fishbowl drafts compared to some of the other drafts he's going in. But point being, Go and draft Chig, especially as the price is going to start to slide. You're going to get some really nice value on him, especially in mid to late August. But what about before we get into your flag plant for this season? What about the player overall, regardless of position? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end? Like who's the guy that is the best value tight end? Sorry, best value player overall in fantasy football right now? That was a tough one. I was really, I'm trying to think of somebody
1: that is a little less chalky, but through, you know, going through the notes and everything. I don't know why, and I'm sure people will get, I'll get up lit up on Twitter on this, but I think Jacoby Myers has a real opportunity with the Las Vegas Raiders. When you look back at his time playing with Josh McDaniels in New England, he had his best seasons. And I know that anytime you think of Jacoby Myers, now you think of the pass and the way of that, that game ended last year. And I know a lot of people make jokes like that was the best pass thrown for the Raiders last year was by a Patriots player. And it's weird now that he's going in there, but I think that giving him a chance to be the number two guy opposite of Devonte Adams in the Josh McDaniels offense, one that he, he comes in and he's very familiar with. I know this was a signing that really went under the radar for a lot of people, but I think if, you know, if, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy and if not, if Tom Brady can come in there and kind of lead this, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know that, that how realistic the Tom Brady thing is, but I think that this Raiders team is awful. Uh, I was doing my state of the franchise feature on them. And every time you always kind of do a, I always pick a breakout player and I'm like, I couldn't even find a breakout player for the Raiders. Like I spent so much time on pro football focus and next gen stats, like what stands out. And I found one little nugget on their backup corner. I'm like, okay, I'll mention him uh, as a pot. Like it's so dreadful. And I don't think that they did anything to really increase their pass rush. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts they're going to have to throw the ball an awful lot, whether it's Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Tom Brady, the rookie, whomever it is. I think that it's it's a dumb play and it's not sexy, but since I gave you such an obvious one with, with Garrett Wilson, I think Jacoby Myers is somebody that, again, the value is really nice. You're not spending anything for him, and I think that you'll see this team being in a lot of shootouts and be like, oh, this is a nice little wide receiver three option at some point this season.
0: Qu- on Jacoby Myers, two questions on him. Number one, did he get taken right before your pick in Scott Fishbowl? I mean, that is a critical value when, when identifying you know, key, key players. He did. Our- of course he did.
1: Of okay. course he did. It's yeah, so yeah, stupid. I don't even know
0: why I asked.
1: Why but- do people – like, who's – I got to stop publishing this stuff. I Seriously. need to go in. This is why I try to go into the basement before the Scott Fishbowl. It's like, yeah, of course, Jacoby Myers. I'm like – I think it was Tom Everett Scott too, not to name drop, but not enough to keep me from name dropping. I know it's a it's a bad habit of mine. It reminds me of of uh, of two things that uh, George Clooney once told me. He said, "Adam, number one, have kids when you're older, and number two, never name drop." And so uh-huh. I try to live by that. And um but I got of course I got snake for Jacoby. Uh, Jacoby my like why am I having to worry about losing him yeah. of all people?
0: Seriously. Hey, I don't know why you should, but again, I think the opportunity there could be really interesting, especially if Josh Jacobs continues to hold out. His defense has never been really good, and outside of him, who are they going to throw the ball to? I mean, I don't think that it's going to be rookie season, Michael Mayer, as much as I like him. I don't think it's going to be Austin Hooper or any other wide receiver on their depth chart. I mean, Hunter Renfro is interesting, but he fell yeah. off the cliff compared to where he was the year before last year. So I think that Jacoby Myers could definitely be the clear number two guy in this passing offense. But to me, the most undervalued fantasy football player right now has to be James Conner. He's going as the running back 28 in drafts. His only competition right now is Keontae Ingram, who averaged 2.2 yards per carry last year, Corey Clement, who's never hit 100 touches, and Tyson Williams, whose last NFL carry was in October of 2021. James Conner last year was also 12th in expected fantasy points per game. He ran the third most routes behind only Leonard Fournette and Austin Eckler. But the biggest thing when you talk about fantasy points is the fact that he was a top 10 running back in fantasy points per game in back-to-back years, and he's been a top 25 running back in points per game for five straight years, people. But he's going outside the top 25. Make it make sense. I know he misses games a lot, but again, he's played at least 13 games in four out of the last five years. So what do you say to that? Uh, Can I tell you a little story about the Scott Fishbowl League? Please. We got James Conner. You got James Conner? We got James, James Conner! Let's go! My
1: my buddy, um, so for anybody who, again, going into the name-dropping thing, I signed up for the live draft uh, in the L.A. live draft for the Scott Fishbowl, not realizing that I was going to be in the Three Rivers Classic softball tournament or softball game hosted by Cam Hayward out there in uh, Washington, Pennsylvania, uh, which was an amazing time, but I had to have my friend go in there and, and do the draft for me, and so we were conferring, and, he He texts me to apologize. He's like, you know what? He's like, I don't. It's like I took kind of a risk. He's like, I drafted James Conner. I'm like, that's beautiful pick. Like, look at that offense. Like, and it's one of the things. Like when we were talking about, and it's also, you know, when we were talking about planning the flag. You know, one of the players that I also considered, not only James Conner but Marquise Hollywood Brown for that Cardinals offense. Which again, you know, we're looking at a team that's going to be behind in every game is going to be throwing. And you look at Colt McCoy. I know that. The Cardinals will end up winning some games that they shouldn't win, and then people will go on TV and be like, oh, maybe the Cardinals are better off with Colt McCoy, which you're like, shut up, they're not. Um, it, it's fun for a couple of weeks, but I think that he's a capable enough quarterback to make this offense effective. And so I think that James Conner and Marquise Hollywood-Brown, both of these guys will benefit from a terrible defense, from a quarterback who can at least play a little bit and has shown on the NFL level he's not an elite-level player, but can play. And so I love both of those guys. And I think James Conner is the one for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yes. It's, it, it, it's not, but like my friend who texted me, like you don't feel great about it. No, it's, it's, like, not, no, it's, a, it's a solid it choice.
0: Pick. It, it, it's similar to Jacoby Myers where it's never going to feel good drafting Jacoby Myers. You're never going to call your mom and be like, oh, I just drafted Jacoby Myers or James right. Conner. Like, she's not going to be proud of you. But at the end of the season, when you get the trophy, no, that's when she'll be proud. But again, last point on James Conner is even with the quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. I mean, I did a study on running back touches over the last 20 years, and of the running backs to average 16 touches per game, they had a 98% chance to finish as a top 20 running back. Who's going to get touches behind him? If he stays somewhat healthy, he is going to see at least that number, which means that if he stays healthy this year and he gets all these touches, he is going to be a lock for a top 20 running back, if not better. But before we get out of here today, as always – What is your 2023 flag plant, your biggest prediction, boldest prediction for the NFL season, fantasy or NFL related? You know what? Um, I'm ready to be hurt once again. I'm
1: going to go back with Kyle Pitts. I'm doing it. I don't care. And everybody's fading him. My friend Laquan Jones was like, he's one of my biggest, I'm like, fade him. I don't care. Like, it's not, you're not hurting my feelings. Like, hey, hey, Adam, I'm going to let you. Go hang out with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I don't know why I thought of her, but it, oh, I saw her on Instagram. Or no, she was on TikTok the other day. But um, but in any event, like you're not hurting my feelings if you're fading, Kyle Pitts, who has way too much talent to struggle again this year. And to me, having a guy like Bijan Robinson join the team actually helps him, and it really does open an opportunity because I do. And it was uh, it was Charles McDonald at Yahoo who called the Falcons the NFL's version of an and one mixtape, which I think. Wow. Was the greatest analogy. I just love it. And I, I'm 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 now officially mad at Charles for thinking of that before I did, or I never would have. But he it's such a good analogy, but I really do think that this offense is going to be so frisky that you have Drake London, you got Robinson there. Desmond Ritter, I think, can play. And uh, my new best friend Tyler Scott, you know, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago about Desmond Ritter, and he's kind of just flown under the radar. You know, I I thought that when when he was at Cincinnati, he was such a great quarterback and, and, and had he played for a true power five team would have been a lot higher regarded. Like he got Cincinnati to the college playoff. So the guy has some ability. So I really do think that it's going to unlock Kyle Pitts. He had a thousand receiving yards as a rookie, even last year, he wasn't as bad as everybody made him out to be because we overdrafted him. We overvalued him. That was our fault. That was not Kyle Pitts' fault. And again, Playing tight end is one of the most difficult things for young players to do when they enter the NFL. He probably blocks a little bit more than Dalton Kincaid will. (laughs) He is going to get close to eight touchdowns, maybe double digits. He's going to get 1,000 yards. I'm happy to take Kyle Pitts again. And I still, listen, I'll flex a tight end. Don't, Don't threaten me. I'll have him and Dalton Kincaid. But I'm ready to go back for Kyle Pitts. Fade him at your own peril. I'm back in.
0: I, I love that take. Uh, Kyle Pitts burned me as much as anybody last year, just like he seemed to burn us all. So I'm still a little bit wary, but I think what? if anything was going to put you know some Band-Aid and some some healing gel on the wounds that I had from Kyle Pitts, I think that was definitely it for me. So I'm excited to see how he turns out. But Adam, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Before we go, where can the people find you, all your amazing – What was your – where did you plant the flag? What was yours? My flag? For the plant this year, I, I think that it's going to be that Justin Fields finishes as the quarterback one overall in fantasy oh, okay. football this year. All
1: right. I don't think he's
0: going to run enough. I think that's the problem is I think that
1: last year when you – they'll they'll design some runs for him. They'll take advantage of his of his ability to run the football. But last year, a lot of his great plays were breakdowns and where he just gets out of the pocket. He runs and does whatever. A lot of those plays are now going to go to DJ Moore. Because I feel like one of the one of the reasons last season um, he had to rely on himself is that he couldn't rely on Dante Pettis and Equinemia St. Brown. <laughs> and players like that. No disrespect to them. Yeah. But uh, like I swear to God, like sometimes you would watch Equinemia St. Brown. I'm like, do you think we're playing volleyball? Like, what are you doing? You're out there like St. John Smith or Randy Stoklos, just setting the ball. You're Misty May all of a sudden. Like, catch the football. Uh, I think that DJ Moore while well, he I think will be a pretty good player. I think that he could end up hurting him because he won't rush for He's not going to rush for I hope he doesn't rush for a 1,000 yards. Uh, But I love it. I love the enthusiasm for Justin Fields. But uh, I do appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh, For anybody who likes the Chicago Bears, and and, and if you're unaware of this, uh, I have a podcast about the Chicago Bears, the sick podcast with Adam Rank. We talk about Chicago Bears stuff. And even if you don't like the Chicago Bears, subscribe to the YouTube page. Subscribe to the podcast. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't even have to listen to it. Like I, I'm not offended, but just get us our numbers. That way, when I go to Trophy Smack and I'm like, give me some money. Be like, I got all these subscriptions. <laughs> they don't all listen because they don't hate. They don't all like the. But still, like, give us a little bit of love. And uh, and I do drop um, on our YouTube page. I will be dropping. Uh, we started it this week. Uh, we do little fantasy. We do a thing called Fantasy Minute. And over the last couple of days, we've been focusing in on a singular player. Uh, why he could break out or do well this season. Um, you just heard a lot of it. So you've caught up. You've, you haven't missed anything because it's the same things that I've been saying here. But um, but check that out as well, and I would appreciate it. And, um, oh, and by the way, can I say this, Alex? Please. Uh, I'm on Cameo. I dropped my price on Cameo. Not to a ridiculously historic lows, but I dropped my price because I want people to use me as a way to set their draft order or do anything like that. I'm not going to sit there and charge you 300 bucks Put on a backwards hat and sit in my Tesla, which I don't own, but sit in a Tesla and give it. No, I will put some time into it. I will try to make it special. Uh, but I want to reach out to people. And it's been the best way for me to reach out to the fans. So I'm on cameo too. What a jerk I am. Promoting my I go into my cameo and I promote my podcast too. Like I'm such Uh, a i am such
0: I am all for it. That is the first cameo promotion, I think, of of any guest that I've had on this podcast, which I love. So make sure to go follow. Check you out on Cameo. And if you need any more breakouts to find, just find Adam's Scott Fishbowl draft. Find every player ah. that was taken, one or two picks before he was, if you want some more breakouts. But as always, he is Adam Rank. I am Alex Garuso. And this is the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. New episodes coming out every single Tuesday and Friday. And until next time, don't forget to keep chasing that upside.